When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast. We've all got that little extra spring in our steps because we are staying up. Tonight I am joined by James. I can't believe Positive Paul was right all along. There we go. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get this bloody smugness out of the way. <laughs> I'm not... We've accidentally been smug all day, but anyway. And Rocco. Hello. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. So, uh, how's your day been? Joyous. Absolutely. Just on top of the world today. Bouncing off the walls. Incredible stuff. I hope no one from my work listens to this because I was the least productive person ever. I believe there may be people from my work that do listen to this. And to them, I say, I've been incredibly productive (laughs) as always. How did it go with all the Birdly fans that you work with, Paul? Mixed bag, uh, because I decided <laughs> I decided that I was going to go in today and be gracious and try and be respectful. And my angle is it should have been Everton because they've uh, cheated and robbed us, haven't they? And I thought we can just have that little bit of unity that will mean that there's no niggling. But I saw the first one and I just started smiling. I couldn't help it. <laughs> so on Friday, someone said to me, look, you're going down on Sunday and I'm going to find you on Monday. And I'm going to give you a horrendous time. And I was like, well, let's just call a truce. And whatever happens, we'll just ignore each other on Monday. You know, they were like, no, there's no truce. So it got to 10 o'clock and I sought out that person. And I went, have you come, have you, have you come just to talk about the football? I said, yeah, yeah, I have. And they said, don't. I cried myself to sleep last night. <laughs> good luck in the championship (laughs) 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 oh man how are your fingernails james you were you were on a growing mission i bet they're struggling yeah my uh they're still growing they're all right actually i I, I, instead of uh, biting them i methodically cut them in the first half Put <laughs> some clippers whilst I watch the game I've actually uh, you you lot you haven't called them out but I'm wearing some readers uh, and I, I bought these uh, in the club shop for two quid because <laughs> I think they're kids yeah they're definitely kids I assume they were your child's glasses <laughs> honestly like my, my eyes are so tired on the night I can't hardly see anything I think I need them testing so I've got some kids readers from the club so, shop <laughs> Yeah, Leeds United. Look. Bloody hell, amazing. Two quid, mate. Season ticket discount, pound eighty. boom. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong. Right, I want there to be a format to this show. The format is normal format. We'll Wild and about, loose. <laughs> we'll talk about the game, and then we'll just have a little bit of talk about ramblings around it. But I want us. I think we're going to come back and do a proper full season review with uh, awards and moments and etc. That kind of stuff. So it won't be a full retrospective. I want to do that in uh, a bit of time. Are we getting some awards? 
Yeah, company awards. Have you watched Mortimer and Whitehouse go fishing? We should because it's brilliant. But they have uh, company awards at the end of, end of every uh, season, so <laughs> I feel like we should. Let's keep going. If you haven't listened to Bob Mortimer's autobiography or read it, do it. There you go. Cheap plug for Bob. He's got a football podcast as well. Feel I've gone pretty sidetracked. <laughs> right. Where did you watch the game in the end? How did, how, like, how did you uh, go about it yesterday? I I couldn't face going to my friend's house or watching it with my dad or watching it at home. So I went to the pub um, with one friend. It turned out really well. I was expecting just to be drowning my sorrows, but being in the pub, apart from obviously, you know, being surrounded by the Leeds fans, it was really dramatic because in one half they were showing Liverpool and then in the other half they were showing Leeds. So every time there's like cheering and murmurs going on from, you know, the other side of the pub, I wasn't sure whether Newcastle had scored or Villa had scored or Liverpool had scored. So yeah, just all added to the the drama of a, an incredible day. So I think it's worth saying that since we last recorded, Thursday night happened. And Thursday night was not ideal. Mm. So the setup was... It turned out to be sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the setup was we're going into this game level on points, 20 or something daft behind on goal difference. So we've got to better Burnley's result. And Burnley had looked to, to hold their bottle in recent weeks. So going into it yesterday, what, what were your thoughts before the game? Did did you give us a prayer? I didn't give us a prayer, no. I felt like I was, you know, walking to a funeral, going to the pub. I just I just had absolutely no hope. Um, and I don't even think it was just me controlling my, um, you know, sort of controlling my expectations and protecting myself. I just really didn't think we had a prayer, <laughs> which after about five seconds when Lorente hoofed it against Tony and it ended up being a corner, I was thinking it was, you know, it was going to be 5-0 or something. Uh, but yeah. I love being wrong. I decided to watch it in bed, like like I was like I was sick or something. I felt, honestly, I felt beforehand. I felt so nervous that I think it just made me feel a bit ill. I was like, I'll watch it in bed on my own. So I did. Exactly <laughs> my dad I did. watched it from bed as well. Did he? Yeah. Me and, we me went and, together, were you? <laughs> me and David are very like. <laughs> I was at a family gathering and left to come home to watch it by myself and booted up a dodgy bootleg of the old uh, Newcastle game. But it was two minutes behind and Sky were on it quite sharpish with the... In fact, the, the people who were on it the most were the Leeds fans somehow in the away end because they were telling Sky. And then I was like, oh, there's a rumbling of what's going on. But I cleaned the entire downstairs of the house just like I did when we were at Wolves away. Like, got it spotless during that game. I couldn't sit still. It was a hard afternoon, wasn't it? It was, a, that was, it was the longest day ever. It was awful. I, I know I'd written us off like weeks ago, mainly for my own sanity, to be honest, more than anything else. Not because I stopped believing because it is the hope that kills you. But I don't know, something felt different yesterday. I did feel like, honestly, did feel like we were going to get something out of it and just prayed that something had happened in the Burnley game. And, oh man, I'm so glad the Geordies turned up. Like, because they, they could have just, you know, sacked it off really, couldn't they? And just, you know, been on the beach. But presumably there's players that are, 
you know, fighting for their careers and Eddie Howe's trying to make a point. And like we said the other day, if you go up a spot, it's potentially worth a few million quid and that's the player's salaries for, for a couple of years. Mm. So, you know. They really need it, don't they? They need every penny they well, can yeah. get. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> well, look, we've we've spent weeks trying to rationalise it and you read every inch of every paper and whatever, but ultimately it comes down to two games of football playing being played finally, consecutively, so there's no, it's it's all on the line at the same time, and there were so many ways it could have panned out. It could have panned out differently up until the ninety something minute because, in the end, one goal at their place and us not managing to beat nine men would have meant we went down. So it it was uh, it was the fine margins as it turned out. But I think it was only after Thursday that I started to think, oh, we might go down. <laughs> I genuinely, uh, and I've seen Phil Hay. I think Phil Hay's been unfairly criticised for this because he's got a load of grief for saying uh, earlier in the season, but I th- when everything bad was happening, but I think it'll be all right because I think they've got enough to get by and that kind of thing. It was only looking back and you can do this now. And I said that we wouldn't do too much of this, but, Brentford and Newcastle were as bad, if not worse, than us for a large part of that season. And we were pretty consistent around how poor we were for the whole season. Teams that changed things in January and got a boost sped off away. And that's what it came down to. We got dragged in slightly more to a situation because there became less teams around that area. That was all, really. I mean, yeah, we don't want to go over, and we will go over, obviously, the season. But you've got to say, like Jesse Marsh coming in and, and keeping us up, you know whether oh, I'm starting. I'm starting to go too deep into this now because it could, it could just be that we stayed up despite you know what he was doing with it, and that sounds awful. You know it, the bottom line is he he kept us up. I mean, there's a lot of late goals and all that, but he's done. I gave us no chance. You know the, the team looked demoralised, and he has pulled it out the bag for the last two games. Um, you know they've looked a lot better in the second half against Brighton, and then yesterday they were they were as good as they've been, I think, since probably since Leicester. You say late late goals and late points there, Rocco. 15 points in injury time. 19% of all of our goals scored after the 85th minute. And, you know, like, Bielsa was in charge of us for three quarters of the season. You know, you can't forget that the predicament that we were in. Not, not a Bielsa problem, and I think it was a club problem, like the situation that we'd found ourselves in over the course of all the decision-making over the last few years has just led to that point. But I think that the main thing for me with Marsh, and I think we had a chat about it yesterday, Rocco, was there was always that feeling with Bielsa that nothing was ever going to change. Like, you know, we we knew his ways. We knew that they were going to stick. And I think we carried that feeling into Jesse Marsh, you know, playing the the narrow system. It's like, well, he plays narrow system. This is the way it's always going to be. But I think fair play to him yesterday, realizing that actually narrow system isn't working with a bunch of wingers. And we've got Calvin Phillips, who's good in that role of, you know, sitting slightly deeper and spraying it around the pitch into wide positions. And lo and behold, he switches it up. We play that way and we come out winning. So I think that was the thing that yesterday that really stood out for me was, all of a sudden we've got the ability to adapt. <laughs> and I think Jesse Marshall isn't prove, proven at this level. Neither is Brendan Aronson. You know, he's a 21 year old who's coming to Leeds, hopefully for 30 million quid or whatever it is. And you just got to give him a chance. It's not his fault of the, the situation, but he's got a bit of credit in the bank now. So how unlucky was uh, 
Joffy for that offside goal. Was it? A, yeah. Was it a shoulder again? Yeah, it was the dreaded shoulder. To be fair, though, it, I was a bit relieved that it wasn't like it wasn't like another Bamford at Palace, was it? You, you saw it, and straight away you knew it was offside, so it wasn't too agonising. I mean, I don't like the rule, but yeah, it, it was offside. So you know, what what can you do? But great finish. But it felt like a goal because they cut from that to a replay of Newcastle scoring a penalty, which was the same <laughs> thing, wasn't it? But I was still bemoaning that, actually. I was like thinking, oh, God, what a great position we should be in. You know, even though I should have just been happy that we we're out of the, the bottom three. But yeah, it was just yeah, start of a crazy day. Because it, it seemed to happen all at the same time in both games, didn't it? You know, whenever mm. something happened at our game, something happened at theirs. It was just manic. I didn't, at that point, I, di- I didn't celebrate the goal. I don't think I celebrated either of the other actual goals either until those whistles both went and it was a certainty i was having none of it i'll tell you how superstitious i got yesterday the dodgy stream that i was trying to get on my laptop was failing and kept freezing and was miserable and i thought oh i'll just turn it off and i thought what if me trying to get this stream on is what's keeping us in front? <laughs> so I had to keep trying for the full 90 minutes to get a stream of the other game going in case that's what yeah. was keeping us alive. Incredible, isn't it? I also think like that. It's yeah. Uh, anything else of note in the first, like it was a crazy game. It was, it was end of season. They were, they weren't at it from the form that they've shown, but how how do you compete against a team who's fighting for their lives? We've we've been guilty of it in different weight in the past. You know, it, were they worse than you expected? Were you? I mean, we were obviously relieved at that. Or did you think we just, if we both played to the best of our abilities, we should have been able to beat Brentford? We were nervy as anything, weren't we? Like it was so obvious. Like Melier spilled the ball at that one point. Cooper played some stupid passes as well. I think. Uh, like, didn't Jesse Marsh go ballistic and kicked like a mm. cool box? That's the word. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just messy because of our of our own nervousness. But what I will say is, Calvin was really good against um, Christian Eriksen, and he could have done a lot more damage in that game. And and he didn't stop him completely because I don't think you can stop those sorts of players because he is so good. But he definitely blunted a lot of what he was trying to do on the pitch. And that, that for me was the main thing. And I think that what we've been missing this season is just people to drag us out of it. Raf did, did what Pablo did for us in the championship. He like literally grabbed the game by the scuff of the neck and, and pulled us along and, and Calvin as well. It's just, and that we've needed it for so long and it's, it's weird that it's, and sometimes it's sad that it always just has to click into place on the the last ditch attempt. Like, why can't it be that way all season? And maybe that's a learning for them, uh, for anyone who plays for the the club in the future. I guess. So half time, did you take any respite at half time? Were you relieved? That, you know, we're at that point. This is holding exactly as it is for fifteen minutes. It was annoying that they uh, delayed our kickoff because of the injury at the Newcastle game, wasn't it? Wasn't there like a twenty minute? No, I didn't know that. Do you mean? 20 minutes as in your half time was 20 minutes because of yeah there was because there was an injury and they were delayed they did a bloody head injury did they like yeah. I said they would <laughs> yeah. yeah I never knew that yeah so, so our, our half time got extended to 20 minutes basically because we were waiting for their game to kick off it was Joel Linton wasn't he he got a gash you could see the bone oh yeah. Oh, lad. I was very relieved at halftime. I was just clock watching all the way through at that point once we were in the in the ascendancy um Ah, yeah, it was it was horrible. 
you do like five minute chunks, don't you? It's like, all right, just get to get to 50 minutes and then get to 55 and get to 60. Getting to 60, we got to a point where we actually uh, pushed that one goal in it to two goals. It's normally us who makes those kind of errors, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely decision from the referee. Could he have sent him off? He gave it. And uh, yeah, what an incredible penalty. He's, yeah, balls of steel. Rafinha, what a man. When you watch it back now, it obviously just does a little skip and then pops it in. When he did that hop in real time, the life slowed down. Everything around was like, oh no, where's this going? But yeah, he was he was courageous, wasn't he, James? He has got some serious kahunas on he? Uh, like, he is another level and we really needed him to show up yesterday and oh, so glad he did. He was amazing. It was absolutely immense. Like, yeah, the amount he did for us, brilliant. Do you think yesterday was his best game for Leeds, if not best? It's definitely the most important, so was it the best? It was It was a bit like the West Ham game. In the West Ham game, where we won down at their place, he was just he was exceptional. And he was just the same. Yesterday, just causing them so many problems. But again, it was just running, chasing everything, winning the penalty, scoring the penalty, getting Canos sent off to put them under more pressure. Even the corner, it wasn't the best corner in the world that led to Jack Harrison's goal, but he was involved in like all the key stuff for us and just massive, like absolutely massive. And, you know, obviously it sounds like he's going to go and he's a legend forever now. Like he kept us basically in the Premier League because he's been the one person that's shown up when we've had massive injury problems like all, all season. So... Yeah, top guy. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant way. He's, the, I mean, you'd you'd want him to do it. He's the one that you would want to to drag us over the line, and and he deserves it as well. I mean, he, I think I've said before, you know, I, I although he scored probably half our goals, I still expect more from him. I don't think he's been the same player this season as he was last season. Um, not for the want of trying. I've never thought he he doesn't try, but. You know, I I don't know. I've just been frustrated at times this season. But then, yeah, in the last two games, and, and a lot of the time, it's just it's the attitude on him as well. You know, he you feel like he drags it out of the other players, like Pablo did as well, and like Strachan does. You know, he he's just he's just got the fire, hasn't he? Um, you know, and he wouldn't allow anyone else to to drop. You know, in their efforts, not that any of them would anyway, of course, but. He's yeah, he's he's a legend, like you say. It's brilliant that he can he can leave a legend and and well, or stay, just stay if you like as well. Yeah, that'll be fine. That is that is an option for all players, what, not stay? all players. Yeah, Kiko. depends. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it necessarily is, is it? There'll, there'll be some players who are brought in. On you've been brilliant, but we we need to move you on, Rodrigo. <laughs> well, I was I was just about to talk about Rodrigo and say talk about plays with balls of steel and I don't know that from his football but I know it from his ability <laughs> to stand on a football pitch in his underpants it was like a like a fancy dress thing that you know when you go turn up to a fancy dress party and no one else is in fancy dress he was just stood there in his pants like do at you, least the, the rest of them at least got shorts on do you think that they all went lads 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 let's see if we could trick Rodders into going out in just his pants <laughs> they all told him yeah yeah we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're just gonna stand on the pitch like that photo just in our pants maybe that's why we could, why they all call him Rodders as well <laughs> He was played clean through, and he... Uh, Rafinha, pass as well, there you go. That's what reminded me of it when you were talking about his... Uh, because about the West Ham game and the pass that he did in that game, and he did a very similar kind of thing, and product was different. No one would be sad if we sold Rodrigo, would they? 
He, he's a, uh, I'd be kind of sad because I, I like him. Like he's a decent human being, isn't he? And he has he has tried, and for a long period of time, you know, under Bielsa as well, I don't think he really played where he wanted to play and or where he was best at. He he was good at the Newcastle away game earlier on this season, but he's just not lived up to it. And it doesn't help when you got Kinnear and people like bigging him up as well before this season, sort of saying how how massive he is going to be for us, and he, he just hasn't really turned up. So I know I sounded harsh about saying Rodrigo out the door because I don't really feel that. I'd, st- I'd still give him a chance, to be honest, because I think he is. He, there's definitely some quality in there, but he's the one that's probably got a question mark just because it's a record signing and all that kind of stuff. So I'd give him more time. I think we could talk about that in the, in, in a different show, but I think um, if he does go and his lasting images of him in his underpants on the pitch at the Brentford Community Stadium, then I'll be fine with that. The way, the way you said community stadium then makes it sound inappropriate, doesn't it? It's like, this is a community stadium and you <laughs> and you stood here in your underpants, Mr. Rodrigo. Mr. Rodrigo, Mr. Moreno. The issue is that the only other way of referring to it is that as Legoland and saying that he's stood <laughs> yeah. up in his underpants at Legoland <laughs> is just getting even darker. So, uh, it's a true story, though. <laughs> it's, a, it's a true story. It's not my fault. It's his. Can you imagine if Vieira doesn't get arrested for kicking someone on a pitch, but Rodrigo's arrested for being out with his uh, pants on? So it was tense, but it seemed to be going okay. And we then Newcastle scored again. And then uh, we don't do it easy, do we? Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Well, after the equaliser, I, I actually didn't realise that Brentford had nine men. And oh, I still don't actually know when, when it happened. It was brilliant. It was just before that, right? So he went down injured. They'd done the substitutions. And this is my favorite bit of the whole day of everything. And it shouldn't be, but it was a clip that they showed. They scored. And on much of the days when they cut to Jesse Marsh and he's holding his hands up, he goes, they've got 10 men. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, there's never, but it was funny because like, how do you not know that? Like, yeah, they have guys. It doesn't matter that they've scored because they've got ten men. <laughs> and then forty-seven seconds later, Canos got a retrospective red card that he should have had years ago mm. for being a dirty swine. Most idiotic thing in football. But the best bit about that as well is that when he booked him for taking his shirt off, the ref went over and got a smile with him. It's like, ha ha, yeah, you know, there's your silly one because you took your shirt off. Come on, let's get on with it. And then. Less than a minute later, he's like, Boof, second one, get off, <laughs> idiot. It's absolutely brilliant, that, because I, I don't think, um, or I like to think, um, that he wouldn't have taken his shirt off if it wasn't Leeds and if there wasn't the history there. And like, yeah. you can even see on the replay, he thinks about it, and he thinks, he has second thoughts about taking it off, and then he just thinks, ah, balls to it, I'll just take my shirt off. It's, yeah. it's Last like, day of the season, it's, no arm, no foul. It's brilliant, isn't it? Because it's like people make out that Leeds don't get into their heads and that we're nothing, but like there is your living proof. You see, <laughs> Your season's over, you've scored a, a nothing goal in a nothing game to your club and there you are taking your shirt off, you absolute plonker. His goal was brilliant because it's he, a great placed finish. It, he placed it perfectly over Robin Cox's head. Don't no, give him any sort of positive. We're not leaving on a positive note. The man's a plonker. Yeah, but maybe we don't win that game if he doesn't score that header because he had to score the header to get his yellow card, which ultimately led to them going down to nine men. And us versus nine men, we look like other people's 
saying and, and they said in commentary that we look what they had a counter because we we committed too many men i don't think we look bad against the nine men at all. i don't think they look better than us at any point in that it just looked like they were tiring and tiring they were getting tighter and tighter and we just had to keep knocking and fortunately there was enough time did you want us to go for it what did you think then in the last like 10 minutes because I, I was i was like willing us on to score but then yeah. obviously we needed to score because that was our best way like you're playing against nine men so we could afford to commit men forward and have men back and 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 outbalance them in every area of the pitch there should be space when you're playing against nine men who are tired as well. So it's, and basically playing for nothing. And Pontus clearly didn't really play yesterday. Just did what he fancied, strolled about a bit. So yeah, I I knew that we needed that goal. Burnley, I didn't realize until I watched Match of the Day, like obviously there was a few people panicking on Twitter, but when you saw it around the same time as us, like late in the game, they had a lot of attempts. So they were around, yeah. around the Newcastle goal an awful lot. And the XG, there's like an XG map with like attempts on goal. And wow, there's some big flipping claret colors around <laughs> when you look at that map. It's awful. So it would have yeah. been good if we'd have scored that. Uh, if Weghorst would have scored and then Harrison it would have been good. Scored, it would have been fantastic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> after that, in hindsight, goal. in hindsight, in yes, Rocco. But at the time I, I would have, I would have been crying in bed. The only reason you want it to be good is because you would have liked to have not known about it until after the Harrison thing and seeing their players looking devastated and not the players, the fans going up and then going like, Ooh, brought right back down. That's what you wanted, which is really awful of you to wish that kind of misery <laughs> on other people. No, I wish it on myself. I wish I'd have been sent down to hell. And then a minute later had that incredible moment where Leeds stay up anyway. But anyway, I'm not. I'm not regretting it. We've had <laughs> nine months of hell, so it's been. <laughs> no, it's not enough. I wanted more hell. Sadist. That's what, that's what it does to you. And deflected finish, but it was a. Let's just say it was going in anyway. Great strike by Jackie Harrison. I think it was going over. Do you think it was rising that much? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I think it was just going to nestle nicely in the keeper's gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Good strike. There were so many in that game that felt players on the outside of the box. I think Furpo hit one, and it's still going <laughs> around. The, still wrapped around the London eye. That one. Yeah. So I was just pleased that he kept it. He was just trying to keep it down, wasn't he? And yeah, trying lucky to... deflection. Boom. Cheers, lads. Love I've just stuff. got a mental image of the London eye going around today and someone going, "What's that? Oh, it's Furpo's ball." <laughs> Greenwood did it as well, and we, we were guilty of poor decision making at times in that game. But Greenwood, Greenwood was good. You pleased with uh, his contribution? Were, yeah, you, were you surprised with his selection? We've mentioned this a couple of times, but Click and Click and Jesse, there's been something going on there because they've been arguing a bit, haven't they? And it's it's actually quite harsh when you look at it because Click's played in this narrow system that hasn't been working. Yet the one opportunity where we play in a wide system, he's taken out of the game and Greenwood's put into Greenwood's come on looking like he's sort of delivered in that game, but Click probably could have delivered as well, actually. <laughs> so, um, but not taking anything away from him, like, yeah, I think he had a, a good game in what could have been absolutely horrendous and the sort of thing where you make a mistake in it and you're remembered forever. So fair play to the lad. I was fuming. I was oh, absolutely yeah. fuming. Yeah, yeah. pre-match. Yeah, absolutely. I was. I was, couldn't I couldn't understand what the hell he was playing at, um, you know, for such a big game. Uh, but fair play. It, it came off. Good old Jesse. 
Uh, that's a, st- a question for another day, really. I'll ask it now. Do you think he was uh, sensible and rational and making that decision based upon um, knowing that was the right thing to do? Or do you think he just got completely lucky? <laughs> well, uh, I don't want to be too harsh on him. Let's, let's, I'll, I'll defer that one for the next show. Defer. James? Nah, let's... we don't have to discuss it. Let's move on full time, both games. Well, I don't want to duck the question either. No, no, he, wanted, no, he, didn't, no he, didn't, he didn't get lucky. Uh, he got he got what he wanted, measured, yeah. calculated. Uh, well, calculated I mean, risk. I think I think if you make that decision ten times, it probably works out the wrong one most times. But who am I to say that it works the one time? So, yeah, it looked to me like we were going a bit gung ho a bit too soon, but. It didn't because that's not where we played all those uh, forward players. We played them in a much a more mm. balanced uh, than than I anticipated. So fair play, it it worked out, and that's all that matters. I don't think I realised the gravity or gravitas of the situation fully. Like I've spent a lot of time convincing myself it could be okay if we went down, and that I'd probably just whinge about the injuries and sacking Bielsa and other stuff and. Like we'd enjoy the championship for, in some perverse kind of way, but it was really, really good to stay up, wasn't it? <laughs> I definitely feel more elated uh, than I did going up. To be honest, I've, I've, I, it was just incredible the feeling and waking up this morning knowing that we weren't going back to championship. I think that was it for me. More than staying in the Premier League was avoiding the championship. Um, uh, it just feels so good. And, and now, you know, everything's not in vain. You know, we can start thinking about, you know, making this, you know, improving the stadium and the club moving forward again and everyone's a bit happier. And yeah, it's such a relief. It's it's just incredible. I loved it. Emotional. I'd convinced myself that, um, not convinced, but I had this thought in my mind that was like, oh, well, if we go into the championship, it's for a reason, you know, we chance to rebuild the squad and gradually get back, you know, might give Jesse a chance to l- learn his trade in the UK because they obviously like him, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what a load of shits. Like, <laughs> I, it's like, it's so much better being in the Premier League, like dropping out and not being in the top competitive league in Europe, arguably the world would have just been shit. Like we've wanted to get here for so long. It it would have been though, wouldn't it? It's like, it, it would, that would have been leads that us getting into the Premier League, finishing ninth, we're all of a sudden allowed back in after a pandemic to watch football. And it's absolute bog wash, the most stressful thing ever. And then we're back in the championship. It's like <laughs> crying out loud, but it didn't happen. Leads that is a myth. It's not even a thing. We need to change the podcast name. We're here. We're staying. Well, we're on it the up. Thing, but it's, it's, it, you could just shift the balance of the connotations that surround it. It's a positive thing. Leads that needs to stay up on the last day of the season. Mm. Dumbass manager. Makes all three subs and <laughs> ends up with I thought you meant Jesse. nine men. <laughs> no, that's that's that is just the way your mind works. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Jesse. Love you. Anyways, yeah, leads that positive. Well, Jesse so, was saying that we need to change the mentality of the club. So exactly. uh, yeah, he says some things that I def- definitely agree with. Actually, I agreed the other day when he said it won't must win against Brighton, and he was right about that as well. And that was 
that previous comment about changing the mentality of the club was in the same breath as talking about the roster. So, uh, you know, there's still, a, like, let's not give him all the credit in the world. There are areas that he can improve upon. So, yeah, it was very good staying up, obviously. I think I was much happier than I uh, anticipated being. And, like, looking at Burnley and what it means for them, they their finances are apparently falling off a cliff due to the nature of their takeover. And they've got 19 players out of contract. Oh, they, are ma- they are managerless. This is the biggest shift in that club for a generation of players, isn't it? It's an entire generation of team that's coming out and a new kind of era coming into Burnley Football Club. And everything that Burnley has been about is about to change. And it's, it's a toss of a coin in these situations, whether it continues downwards or whether they are able to make the kind of changes and with new ownership it's is looking bleak i think it's actually far bleaker in that respect for them than it could have been for us and they probably know that and um i i do wish them all the best with it because i think they've had a plucky kind of run but it's anti-football really isn't it it's not it's not the best brand on the eyes their fans might get way more entertainment next season than they've had in the last six years, and they've just branded it as being good because it's the Premier League. Yeah, it's, true. it's very true. I, Roy Keane was like, you know, saying how senseless it was getting rid of Sean Dyche, and you know, they've got a lot to answer by doing that. It's weird, though, isn't it? Like the margin is three points difference, and he would have been saying that about the club getting rid of uh, Bielsa. It's just like no one. It's, it's, it's cool. the exact same thing. Hmm. I didn't say those words properly. It's the exact same thing because they have gone, they've not just got rid of a manager. They've got rid of the entire ethos and pathway that the club was on, which is what we did to a to a large extent. I know that they sold us Jesse Marshall as being the continuation of it. It's not. Um, but we are in a stage that our evolution because of that is going to be in the Premier League next year at the very least there's they've made that gamble so every team at the bottom has made that gamble essentially haven't they like yeah up to Brentford I think uh, although Southampton ended up basically if we'd have not lost and drawn against them we'd have been above Southampton <laughs> the only reason they finished above us this season is because they did better against us in our, those fixtures so yeah all those teams made a gamble but it looks like a Big, big old bleak way off for them. They're not set in the same yo-yo pattern as our pals down in uh, Norfolk. Imagine if we hadn't drawn with Burnley. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> God! Wow. You, you can say that about a lot of things, but you know, when you look back on the season, which we will do at some point, there's probably some massive things that happen both ways. <laughs> ultimately, oh, yeah. ultimately, that if you take it as a moment that would have shifted between the two of us. That is the moment, that equaliser, because otherwise, without that single goal there, then it would have been them staying up, not us. Yeah. We'd have been... Yeah, you're right. Yep. That is it. That's how maths works. So so what did you think of the celebrations and all? We've talked about the pants. What was your favourite bit about it all? And why was it Rafa in the crowd? <laughs> well, it wasn't actually. I was about to say, uh, like, it was Rafa in the crowd at the time. It like literally brought tears to my eyes. But then uh, later on, watching him do his little walk on his knees, 
that is just absolutely amazing. I, I love that. <laughs> He just and he just doesn't give a shit. Like all the Burnley uh, Brentford fans are just, you know, chanting at him and he doesn't even acknowledge him at the end, you know, he's just doing his own thing. What a man. I think it's disgusting that he climbed into the crowd. Someone could have been injured. <laughs> <laughs> I know that people listening to this will have heard this elsewhere, but it is so true that it's so funny that everybody else has been running onto the pitch and our players had to get into the crowd instead. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It was, it, was, it was such a good moment. I think as well, you know, it, it's easy for uh, the, the Premier League and football in general throughout the season is pretty sterile, isn't it? Like it is. It's, it's, you know, if you watch it on TV, it's very much like a display. But when you get moments like this, where it, where it comes to something that matters, you see the, like, pure raw emotion just pour out and you see it as like everything they've worked hard for in their lives everything that they love is just football and here he is celebrating with a bunch of people in the crowd and it's just amazing it's they're, they're the like big wake-ups where you realize yeah this is this is awesome like fo- football is football is amazing and it's moments like this that you you build up towards yeah yeah no, it's good the one thing i did like was uh, the fact that we carried on celebrating for ages and it was really boiling the piss of all the Brentford fans wanting to, wanting their players to come out and do the lap of honour. <laughs> uh, thank you. No, that's for, like, <laughs> have you read on the Brentford forum around it? So they were basically saying, no, fair enough, I think we showed them a lot of respect by... Uh, um, allowing them to have that moment. But why did we play music on the speakers for the whole game, <laughs> like rocking all, all over the world? And then they kept it going. And then they said, they, sh- they didn't show us the same respect back by getting off our pitch when it was our turn to go around. <laughs> well, it's incredible. A, it's a community. If you're going to call it a community stadium, you have to, uh, you have to expect a community atmosphere. <laughs> Uh, fair play to Sky as well for showing it for so long. Uh, I know they cut away at the end, but I think it was the end. And they did that for us against Derby as well. I was surprised that they showed like all the celebrations after the Derby game when we got promoted. And they actually, incidentally, uh, click in the stands that day as well, uh, just like Rafinha, although he didn't have any fans around him. Um, he was hung over that day, wasn't he? Yeah, but we got, yeah. we got done for that. That became video evidence against us That's for bringing <laughs> like fireworks into a stadium or something. Yeah. Open flames in a, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was very good though. It was very good. And they, just anything that you can do that winds other people up, I'm all over that. Mm. It was great. Archie Gray as well. Like seeing him, he's he's taking his GCSEs today at Fishers down the road from me. <laughs> he's a year eleven, and he's sat next to Rafinha yeah, in the. In, it's mental. How yeah. good must he be and, for him to be on the bench on a game like that? And when you how, know how he's like. a year eleven, when you know he's a year eleven, and you watch him, he does look like a year eleven lad who's like won a prize to be on a pit and he's just like the most excitable mad boxer frog all around the place so fair play to him anyone would absolutely love that moment I wonder if he tried his first beer this weekend <laughs> did you that was another thing that Jesse said yesterday about beers he was like I've had a couple already and like it's in the middle of was his that before sense. the game yeah no. <laughs> in the middle of his sensible bits about they said you might go and enjoy a drink or so and you're like I'm, I've had a couple already <laughs> like great congratulations 
I did, en- yeah. I did enjoy them having a beer after the game and a little video of Melia kissing Dan James' head. <laughs> it felt a bit uh, Laurent Blanc and uh, Fabio yeah. Bartes. I've remembered what Fabio. I was going to say. Fabio. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, when the game finished, I paused it here because I was going back to said family gathering to get my child. <laughs> and when I got there... It had got to Grealish going to get his medal and being all smug and whatnot. Mm. And uh, I looked up and it still said the same channel. I thought at least my nephew hasn't switched it over to watch City get the trophy. Manchester City get the trophy. I'll give him a full title. And uh, then when I got home, Sky had done that thing where it only pauses for an hour. And Grealish was back on getting his medal. (laughs) (laughs) That's devastated awful. but I'd had enough about me to press record so I watched all that and then I killed a bit of time then I watched match of the day and watched it all again woke yeah. up in the middle of the night read everything I could about it in the middle of the night and then woke up and listened to the match ball podcast on uh, on the way to work this morning so uh, yeah I've basically filled a lot of my time in the last 27 hours with this uh, particular sporting event yeah, I've watched the celebrations all the way through two or three times today as well. It's just, I can't get enough of it. Like you said, James, it's just like you compare this to Man City and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it means as much to them. Like winning the premiership doesn't mean as much to them, I don't think, as, as staying up meant to us. Like it's been such a roller coaster. the emotions of it all. What was on the line is so different to just, oh, you know, getting another Premier League trophy. Maybe one day I'll be able to qualify that and see if we feel as happy when Leeds win it. But yeah, that's that's what I think. Their, their, their fan base is completely different to ours as well. It just feels like there's times in the season, I think probably at the game where we played, you went Rocco, but they, they didn't fill the stadium. They're not like a, an active fan base really, are they? It's just like, yeah. it's like last game of the season, let's turn up for the, like what is like the Wimbledon final or something, isn't it? It's just, yeah. it's just that that's what's frustrating because I think I think winning the Premier League is massive, but they just don't have a fan base that truly appreciate it. It's weird. I was told that uh, by so, someone I know who's a Manchester City fan that his relatives live just down the road from the stadium. Our Manchester City fans used to go to Main Road, but won't go to the new ground, and they've got a group of people like that in in their fan base. So it's a strange. Strange old mix, really. So, any any other bits from like man of the match was Rafinha. We all know that. Um, Jack Harrison was pretty. Jack Harrison was high up there as well. He did a. He he had a good game, and I he think, celebrated his goal. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he he, st- he still looks a bit awkward celebrating though, doesn't he? He's like, I should probably celebrate this. This means a lot. Lorente <laughs> <laughs> fell to the floor. I didn't see that. I just saw Jesse fall to the floor. So. Mm. Yeah. Who else celebrated? Rodrigo celebrated by standing still, going, if I stand like a statue, maybe the liner won't see me and realise I was interfering with play. <laughs> if, I, if I stand still, it will stop the urge for me to take my clothes off down to my pants. <laughs> Must not take off my pants. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm feeling like giving everyone credit that I don't like, but um, like VAR, not getting involved with uh, disallowing that goal. Fair play to them. Um Paul Turney had a good game as well. And I hate that guy, but, you know, did a great job. He was impeccable. He was actually all right. Yeah. Here's a a hypothetical situation that I think uh, we'll never know the answer to, but I think the Newcastle game had just about finished by the time 
we scored that goal. So do you reckon when we went to VAR, they went, it's finished over there, so I didn't let them have it. <laughs> Maybe. Don't yeah, make a that would, that would That would explain it. The Sky producers on the line to a VAR. <laughs> let them have it. Let them have it. But did, was that the last, it this year. Think, that's a joke, by the way, for anyone <laughs> lawyerish listening to this. Was uh, was it the last kick of the game? No, it was one. It did far kick off. off. I think all those pitch invasions in the last week they've they've sickened me. You know, I I I will never go on the pitch. I think it's because I like to stick to rules, and the Tanoi tells me not to go on the pitch, so I don't do it. But when I've watched it and some of the stuff that's gone on, that's the reason you don't go on the pitch because you know there's a bunch of numpties. So I'm not saying that our fan base are any different to any other. Particularly, there are moments that you could be pretty disgusted with pockets of people. It's it's a it's like society as a whole, isn't it? There's going to be some bad eggs. But yesterday, they conducted themselves. Like, I was so proud to see the way in which they uh, they got. I was just chuffed for them. I'm desperately jealous of the moment that they had in that little corner. Mm. So We won in London. We haven't even said this. <laughs> we won at Brentford. We won in bloody London. Uh, we always win in luck. We, we beat Watford away just a few weeks ago. Okay? Beat West Ham away as well. The curse was lifted ages ago. Maybe that's what we need to do: just play London teams every week, and we'll be fine. <laughs> Tony Dorigo to had, had the best take on this. He said, "You can forget the not winning Brentford for seventy years thing." He said, "This is." He said, "We're unbeaten at this stadium. <laughs> We've never been beaten." <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a man! If anyone's listening, they haven't checked out the. Uh, Tony Dorigo highlights as I like to refer to them. Just give them a go because that, that is a brilliant video. He's Bloody top. brilliant. So Saturday, I'm watching the uh, League One playoff final going. The winner of this game, we could be playing them on the first day of the season. To now actually going, the loser of that game is still two leagues away from us. And it's so that's how that's the fine margins. I keep looking at that fixture and thinking, hmm. Who would I most like to come up and who would I most like to try and buy players from? <laughs> and I think... Uh, oh, the championship playoff final, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. It does feel like Huddersfield Town coming up would be better for us, possibly. And then there's a few Nottingham Forest players that we could probably... Huddersfield coming up, other than the fact that a lot of their fans are, are genuine wrong-uns, um, would, be, <laughs> would be a better thing because they are much... They feel like a weaker side and a smaller club and smaller club mentality and they'd be there for the trips out and there's no one off them that I want to nick. Probably their manager's the most nickable asset that they've got to our club, whereas Forest, there's a few, aren't there? So, yeah, come on, you dogs. <laughs> I'd love to see uh, Huddersfield and, well, Corberon in the uh, in the Premier League. It'd be great. Yeah, he'd be well out of his depth and we can give him that little trial. <laughs> know that he's rubbish. Watch them go down with a record low point. Laugh at them the whole way through. Get six points off them and take the players off Forest. I think we've got it. That's how we've got it sorted. What about O'Brien? We take him. Yeah, we'll take him. Uh, so <laughs> stop putting silly hypotheticals into the situation we'll deal with transfers when we come to it he's the only Huddersfield player I can name to be fair I don't even think I could name a Forest player Johnson John, that's that's just a guess just <laughs> not a guess Wilson Brennan Brannon Brannon Smith. there you go Smith. yeah 
It's not Miffy was brilliant in the playoffs in the only games I've ever watched Nottingham Forest play this season. So, uh, um, right, well, I guess we'll start to wrap up then. So thank you to everyone who's uh, bothered to tune in and listen. We've had a great time all season. Looking forward to reviewing the whole thing as a piece. That's going to be a beautiful... Uh, there's been so, there's been so many times where we've wanted to duck out because it's been miserable, hasn't it? It's like, there's episodes where we've just thought, oh man, I really don't want to do this. And uh, thanks to all the people that write to us, no one's written to us, uh, to keep <laughs> That's us... That's not true. Keith wrote. Keith does write to us. Cheers, Keith. Um, there are a few people that, that do messages on twitter and we really appreciate it it's uh i don't know we don't really do it for any acknowledgement so anyone who does say anything we appreciate it we just do it for some sort of psychological retreat i think keith actually said that it was one of the most amazing days he's ever watched the club he's seen late goals championships but yesterday it just seemed us against the football world and we won so go on keith great summary keith yeah, so we'll be back with a season review, but oh, I've just got to keep drinking this all in. We are Leeds, we are Premier League, we are staying up, and uh, it's a very, very beautiful thing. Network.